The following presentation is from Mountain Park Community Church in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Mountain Park, along with additional audio and visual teachings, visit mountainpark.org. Good job, Ben. Hey, that was fun. Welcome. Welcome to the islands of Mountain Park. We are so glad that you're here. My name is Alan, and before I jump into the message, I just want to first off say thank you to a number of you. Many of you donated items to the garage sale last weekend, and many of you came and bought the junk that other people donated. And so as a result of all of that, over $6,000 was raised, which is fantastic. Way to go, way to go. And what that flows into is over 500 hours of of student work during that weekend. Uh, That money is going to go towards those students who worked to help uh, pay for their uh, mission trip, their summer mission trip uh, this this summer. So, again, thank you. Uh, Very well done. Good job. Good job. Uh, Welcome to our Super Bowl Sunday. I don't see as many jerseys uh, here in the second celebration as we did in the first but, uh, but you were invited uh, to wear your jersey. I see some of you did, so thankful. I didn't wear a jersey uh, because I don't have a football jersey. Uh, and so I, don't, I, didn't, I can't wear, you know. Um, so I was, I was going to wear, well. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I was thinking of, uh, hang on, hang on, just a second. This will be fine. I'll just go ahead and wear this. This will be this will be close enough there. That'll be good. It's the closest thing I have to a Super Bowl jersey. Okay, so, so uh, one of the reasons that, that some people like the Super Bowl or like professional sports or like uh, particularly championship games, Stanley Cup, World Series, whatever that might be, is the excitement comes from the reality that we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, that's, that's, that's what the excitement is. That's what all the betting is. And, oh, what's this? So we're, it's a new game this afternoon. It's a new game with a new outcome and new commercials and new stories to talk about with your friends and at work, et cetera. It's, it's the unknown that makes it exciting. It's, it's, it's what makes sports exciting. It's what makes football and professional sports and college sports and all that. We don't know what's going to happen. You never know. It's the underdog stories. It's, it stirs up. It's the unknown. It's the fact that it's new that makes it exciting. It's the same thing with, with life. It's, it's part of not knowing what's next, what, not knowing what's just around the corner that makes, that makes life Exciting. Now, some people have a tendency to, to not be as interested in that and want to look back, look back on other things that have happened. And you got to be careful when you spend, when you spend too much time looking back because you got to watch where you're going. You got to keep your eyes on the road. You got to look forward to what's happening here, what's new, what's around the corner. That's where the exciting stuff happens. Some people have a tendency to, to look back too much. If you remember from the Genesis story, uh, Lot's wife. Lot's wife looks back and turns into a pillar of salt. Uh, when 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 she, when she turns, and so so there is a there is a, a tendency to to look back. What we're talking about this morning, as we continue this idea of something new here this year, we're stirring up the many ways in Scripture that uh, God is inviting us into something new. And what we're talking about today is singing a new song. Singing a new song. Old songs are great. Old songs are fantastic. But there is a mandate from God that we need to keep singing 
new songs. Hopefully we will be uh, excited about and motivated to do that um, uh, today as we look at uh, some scripture. Would you bow your heads with me as we launch into this? Father, I'm so thankful uh, that we get to gather here in this place, that we get to enjoy you, enjoy one another. Um, I know many of us, uh, we, we, we come from different angles, different places that have brought us here into this moment, here at this time. And, uh, and so, God, we, we want to experience something new. Would you come and, and help this hour, this moment, not just be, just, not just feel like it's stamped from all the, other, all the other church visits, church experiences, all that. God, would you do something new here in this place as we hear fresh from your word, as we sing these songs, God? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Music, as we all know, has a powerful emotional connection to us. And everyone in here likes some form of music. We're going to disagree in terms of whether we like this genre or this style, uh, etc. But, but everyone in here has some part of music that we're going to connect with. And what, what happens is that music has a powerful way of connecting us. Music gets stamped onto us, and it connects us to something from the past, something of, from where we, where we first encountered that music. Music sends us to remember a person or a place or an event. We remember a song from some time ago, and for, you know, it's not all songs, etc. but you'll hear a song on the radio or you're reminded of something, and it will send you back instantly to a moment, to a person, to a place or an event. Can anyone relate to that? You know what I'm talking about? Just instantly takes you there. Um, when I hear the song, You Can Call Me Al by Paul Simon, which was big when I was in high school. When I hear that song, I instantly jump into Daryl McLeod's Dodge Omni. This was a vehicle in which we would drive around and just talk about life and talk about girls and talk about uh, how they're all so messed up and, and all that stuff. We would just, we would talk and talk about God and talk about so many things. And, and whenever we would either play a cassette or it would come on the radio, Paul Simons, you can call me Al, uh, no matter what was, no matter how fast Daryl was driving or if he was in the middle of a corner or whatever, um, he would, there's a bass solo uh, three quarters of the way through that song, and he would uh, pull on the uh, the seatbelt, and he would play the bass solo on the seatbelt. He would kind of do his best driving, but driving became secondary to the bass solo there in that moment. Nobody? Okay. Uh, so for me, that song takes me back to that seat. It takes me back to that moment. And, and so songs have a powerful ability to do that. Let me, I just want to play a couple songs, a few songs, see if any of these take you somewhere. Here's one from the 80s. Okay, anybody, anybody connect with that song? Is that, did that, when I played that song, did that take you to a dance or take you to an evening where whatever you may regret or whatever? I mean, I mean, you just never know. Just songs just stir something up. That song is particularly interesting because in the last five years, it has become new again. That all my kids, they know the lyrics to that song more than I do. That song is more popular now than it was uh, in the early 80s. And so songs can become new again, but they take us somewhere. Here's another one. Try this one. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. 
Does that take you somewhere? You had many memories uh, in the 90s when that song came out, a lot of high school graduations, and some of you are tearing up because of the wrapping up of Seinfeld, and, and, you know, just not sure where that song might take you. So that was the 90s. Here's one from the 2000s, just to cover a lot of ground here. Check this out. Anybody? Anybody come? Anybody connect with that song? You hear that song? Oh, yeah, I remember that. And and so there's a connection here. Here's one more. See if this connects with anybody. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's what it is. See, yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. I can remember what it was. Nice, nice. See, that connected you with something right there. And so, see, what happens with music is that, is that we decide that a song is going to be new. And that decision is, is often made for us. It's the DJs, it's the music companies, it's the production companies. They decide, this is, this is a new song. And so this is the one we're going to push on you. This is one we're going to... Um, we're going to have you memorize and learn, uh, et cetera. And so maybe it's a buddy, maybe it's a peer who uh, introduces you to a cool song, but somehow we get access to a song, and so then we learn it, and it becomes part of us. It, we, we internalize the song, and, and, and it becomes part of our journey. It becomes part of our story. It connects with a person or a place or an event. After a while, that song becomes old. Any song that is new will become old. And so that becomes a part of our past, and it's a significant part of our past, good or bad, it connects us with something back there. And the, the duration of a song, the lifespan of a song is usually between a year and two years. You know, we, we learn a song and we, we enjoy it and we celebrate it and we play it all, over, all the time. And then we kind of, it wears on us and it, and it drops off and then it becomes a part of our, our story in the past. Again, that journey is normally about a year and a half, a year or two. With Gangnam Style, uh, it was eight days. Uh, it came in. And then it's gone. We never wanted to hear the song again. Uh, and so, but a song has a, has a, has a rhythm to it. And what, what I find is that the older I get, the less likely I am to connect with new songs. That's why oldies stations work. And this, is, this boggles my mind, that 80s radio stations are oldies. That, that, that doesn't make any sense. No, that's just great music. That's not oldies. And so the older we get the less likely we are to connect with new songs. It's okay. It's natural. The reason for that is that we have a bank, we have a repertoire of songs that are a part of our past that we connect with. We, we have this lots of memories and connections with lots of, of songs from the past, and that, that bucket is kind of filled up. And so we're less likely to connect with new songs. But multiple writers in Scripture say, sing a new song song that God has inspired multiple times throughout Scripture in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Sing a new song. Sing a new song. In the Old Testament, there's a book that is a collection of songs. It's called Psalms. Most of them are written by David. Last week, I talked about David when I talked about the new temple. And uh, if you were here, I handed out a card for the full potential uh, campaign. We're one year into that, and if any of you got that card and you want to jump in and participate to help us make the move into the new uh, into the new building, that would be fantastic. We'd love to hear from you in the next week or so. You could fill that out, and we'd love to have you join in on that journey with us. Last week I talked about the new 
temple and the, the, the story that was connected with David, with King David of Israel. David wrote most of the book of Psalms, and six times in the book of Psalms, he says a version of sing a new song. Sing a new song. A new song. Uh, this morning, I want to take a look at one of those six times. Psalm 40 is the one we want to look at here today. Psalm chapter 40. Just going to look at the first three verses. The words are going to be up on the screen here. Um, but I, once again, always invite you to bring your Bibles with you. Open up an electronic Bible if you have one with you and follow along. Um, it, always just, it helps us connect uh, all the more with Scripture. So Psalm 40 begins, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. What I see in these first uh, three verses are three things. That's what I, I want to spend the rest of my time looking at are three things. That there is a new encounter that David has in the first two verses there that I read. There's a new encounter. Then what flows out of that is a new connection with God and then a new opportunity. So first of all, a new encounter that, that David has with God. He's waiting on the Lord and God delivers him from a slimy pit. Have you ever stepped in or walked in or uh, waded through a, a, a mud bog, a slimy pit where your feet just dig in a foot or so down when you were a kid or you were cleaning something up or exploring something? Any, you, ever, you ever done that? That sense of just, you know, your feet are just gopping all over the place and and it's hard to move, the, and, the, and the, the, the more you try to move, the more you kind of sink in. It's the, it's the um, quicksand kind of concept that, that as you try to lift one foot, all you end up doing is pushing the other foot deeper into the mud. And, and then uh, you, you do feel like, oh, finally, finally you pop one out, only to discover that your boot or your shoe is left in the mud, never to be seen again. Uh, and so it's that, it's that kind of that sludge walking through the slimy pit, the mud and the mire. How, how does one get into a slimy pit? I mean, is it something that happens accidentally, or is it something that happens... In, when you think of a physical slimy pit that you may have been in, was it intentional for you to get in there, or was it accidental? I, 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 think, it's, I think it's intentional. I think, I think it's very unlikely that you're just going to go, okay, see you, John. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, you're awesome. Oh, no, I'm in two feet of mud. I mean, it's unlikely that you're just going to accidentally find yourself in mud. I think when we think of the, the metaphorical slimy pit of life, I, I think it's the same thing. That, that we, we don't typically find ourselves in a slimy pit just accidentally. That the reason we get into a slimy pit is that somebody... You know, for a physical slimy pit, the reason we get in there is that somebody says, hey, there's a slimy pit over there. Stay away from it. And then we go, over where? And then over, over here. Is this the one I should stay away from? Is this, how deep do you think? How deep do you think I could go? This is kind of fun. How deep? Wait a minute. I'm stuck in a slimy pit. You know? And so it's this thing. We don't accidentally go in it. And, and so with our metaphorical slimy pit, it, it so often flows out of our sinful nature that we are just, we are just 
um, uh, sinful creatures. It's the, it's the general problem that the, that the gospel solves is, is, our, is, our, is our sinful nature that, it, that it leads us into the slimy pit again and again and again out of curiosity or out of thinking that, that we are invincible. We end up in the slimy pit again and again and again, and we need rescued again and again and again. We don't know what David's slimy pit situation was. We don't know the details. He doesn't walk it out in Psalm 40. It could be that it had to do with his uh, role as leader of Israel, as the king of Israel, and some of the situations and problems that he found himself in. That might have been his slimy pit. Could have been the result of his sin and his, and his um, feeling of remorse to the God that he uh, sinned against. Like the Bathsheba story, that could be the slimy pit that, that he's experiencing, that he's referencing here. We don't know. I think it's actually a gift uh, for us to read Psalm 40 and not know what it is because we can just fill in the blank. You just fill in the blank in terms of what your slimy pit experience is and say, you know, that's, that's, that's what that, that sludge feels like. I can't get out. I can't get out. So there's an opportunity for us to wait upon the Lord and let God free us from the slimy pit. Just like David had this encounter, are you interested in having a new encounter with God? The one who, in uh, the end of verse 2 there, he set my feet on a rock, gave me a firm place to stand. So here it is. I, I need a firm place that I could put my foot in order to lift and get out of there. Jesus, in the New Testament, is referred to as the rock. He's the cornerstone. He's a solid rock upon which we can stand. And so when we are in the slimy pit of life, there's, there's an encounter we can have with God by trusting Jesus, by clinging to Jesus, by, by uh, trusting that solid rock so that we can pull ourselves up, so that God can pull us out of the slimy pit. That's the, the new encounter that David has here. These verses 1 and 2 talk about this new encounter, this life-changing, this wonderful, life-altering encounter that David has with God. And then as a result, there's a new connection David has with God. That he says at the beginning of verse 3, he says, you put a new song in my mouth. You put a new song in my mouth. I mentioned just a few moments back that songs, music, has a way to, to connect with us emotionally, that, that it can connect with us to an event uh, weeks ago or years ago or decades ago, and it has the ability to jump us back. Um, it's also the case with spiritual songs and, and worship songs, and that's how God has, has intended this thing from, from the very beginning. Do you, for those of you who've been a follower of Christ for a long time, is there a hymn from your days as a child that still stirs something in your soul? Is, is, there, is there a hymn that just takes you back to a beautiful place, to a place where you had an encounter with God? That, that it was a song that was imprinted on you, that when you hear that song, when you sing that song, when you hear the, the harmonies of that song, that it takes you somewhere beautiful? Does some of you have a, maybe it's a, a worship song from a, a Christian band or a, a Christian song that, that connects you, not just emotionally with, with other people, but connects you deeply with God. And maybe that's an old song, but at the time it was a new connection, a new experience for you to connect with God. 
that that's, that's what singing a new song allows us to do, to have a new connection that is imprinted there in that moment. Before I came to Phoenix and, uh, and did this, I used to be a worship leader at, at, a, at a church. I, it used to be my uh, journey for the most part. And I, like many other worship leaders, we would pick songs that we connect with. We would choose songs that have some kind of connection with me or a connection with, with the people in the, in the church. And that's kind of how that, how that process works. And so from way back then, I've been here for 11 years. And so, uh, you know, going deeper into that, 11 to 20 years ago or so, there were a number of songs that have deep connection for me, spiritual songs. There's a song based out of Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where, do, where does my help come from? My help comes from you, maker of heaven, creator of the earth. That song has a whole story behind it for me. And I connect deeply with God because of it. There's a song that you might know, um, Blessed Be Your Name. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me. There's a whole story for me on that song. There's a song you might not know called Light the Fire Again. Lord, light the fire again. I don't know if you ever connected with that song or whatever, but in the mid-90s, I was coming out of seminary and I was visiting this uh, church in Cincinnati that had a, a new expression, a new experience of worship. And that song starts off with a, with a, with a guitar line. And I had never heard music like that in a church before. I had never heard that kind of quality of music, that kind of connection to music. I had never heard that in a church before. And I was completely drawn into that. I could listen to that song every Sunday. And it's just the first few measures of that song and the guitar starting to play that would take me into that place. And so as a worship leader, those would be the songs that I would just, that I would, I would love to lead and such. That's why you don't want me leading worship here, because all I would do is play old songs. And, it would, it was, and so, well, this one has a connection. No, maybe it did 15 years ago. But the whole idea is that we got to continue to sing new songs. There's nothing wrong with old songs. God doesn't have a mandate for us to keep singing old songs. You know why? Because he knows we're going to do that. There's no need to ask us to do that because we're going to do that. The old songs, they're a part of our story. And when we hear them, when we play them, when we sing them, they, they, they already have a connection with us. We don't need to sell them anymore. They're already there. That's a beautiful part of our story. The, the mandate from God repeatedly in Scripture through many other writers is we've got to continue to write new songs, to listen to new songs, to experience new songs, to have a new connection with God with different melodies and different, um, and different lyrics. Finally, uh, the third part here, uh, it kind of caught me off guard a little bit here in Psalm 40 to see how this, how this all flowed, the second half of the third verse. Uh, it's, it's about a new opportunity. It's about new opportunities that come out of that. That, the, that the, uh, David writes, many will put their trust in him. That as a result of this, it is that we have new encounters with God that lead to new connection with God through music and it's imprinted on our hearts. And that will lead to new opportunities to impact other people. New encounters lead to new connections which lead to new opportunities for other people to, to come into a knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. 
when I was learning to be a, a worship leader back in the, in the 90s, there was a, a book called Worship Evangelism. And the general idea of this book is that worship, singing in church, is not supposed to be just for those Christian folks. It's not just supposed to be for the Christian people. We're singing together about being soldiers for the Lord. You know, it, that's, that's not what singing in church is supposed to be. Singing in church, when it's done well, it's supposed to be attractive to those who are not yet part of the community. It's supposed to be something that would draw somebody in. It's worship evangelism that others would go, okay, what's that all about? Because I don't, I don't have anything like that in my life. That worship, when it's done well, it's, it draws people to say, I want to be connected with something that deeply. That I, I want to be a part of something that's bigger than myself. I want to, to stand and clap and cheer and get excited about something that is even more important than football. Because we can do that. We can, we're going to go crazy today. Some of you are big fans of one team or the other or your championship game or whatever. But we have a thing in our heart that says, the worship evangelism piece, that, that says, I, I want to sing and celebrate about something that is, that is, is so deeper than, than, than the sports thing. Besides, my sports team hasn't made the Super Bowl in a long time. You know, it hasn't won in longer than that. And, you know, that kind of a thing. We can come every Sunday. You can come every time uh, midweek in the morning in your own song experiences, you're driving, etc. You can have an exciting experience with God. That singing in church is not supposed to be boring. It's not supposed to be boring. I didn't spend much time in church when I was young. I didn't, I didn't go to church a lot. But when I did go, it was always confusing to me that, that sometimes what they were singing didn't seem to connect with, that, that like what they, were, they didn't tell their faces what they were singing, that their faces didn't understand. And so I remember looking up at, at men, you know, would be sitting around me and they're saying, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is the joy of the Lord is my strength. And then the announcer would say, now turn to, uh, from your praise chorus to number 47. Okay. I got the joy, 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 joy. And I remember just kind of looking up and going, this doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make, this, this, this doesn't click. So, so singing in church is not supposed to be boring. It's not supposed to be the thing that you show up 10 minutes late uh, for. It's not, supposed, it's not supposed to be that. It's not supposed to be boring, and it's not supposed to be weird. It's because I've been a part of churches. I've been in churches where Betty Lou comes in the front, and she stands right there, and she's got her flowing dress and her tambourine, and she's, and she's doing all this, and Betty Lou's having a great time, and all anyone can see is Betty Lou, and people are watching going, what's that? And all the men in the room are just going, yeah, that's not going to bring me back. That's not going to bring me back. It's not worship evangelism that's happening in that moment. It's not going to bring the men back. It's going to bring more Betty Lou's back. And all, okay, now, there is a space in between boring and weird 
And it's not a tiny little space. It's, there's lots of room for different expressions and different ways to experience that. And, <coughs> excuse me. Some can raise their hands and, and, uh, and some are going are gonna to clap at different times, etc. And so there's room there. One person's worship is, is another person's boring. Another person's worship is another person's weird. I get that. And, uh, but there's this space in between where we're not boring and we're not weird. It's this space in between where there's an opportunity for people that, that we care about to come and experience what it means to celebrate the greatness of our creator. An opportunity for the next generation to come and, and be invited to write new songs, to even write songs that you might not like. An opportunity there for, for people who are not yet in the church, for people who are, who are, not, who are not yet committed um, to, to understanding, you know, the, kind of what this church body thing might be about, for them to come in and, and the opportunities to connect with, uh, for them to connect with God with new songs. Are you open and willing to do that? Are you open and willing to do that? I'm, uh, I'm excited uh, this morning because connected with new songs, I wanted to introduce to you a new pastor that we have on staff. And his area is the area of... of um, creating experiences for us on Sunday morning and, and at other times. So I want to invite him up so you can meet him and get to know him a little bit. So this is Ray Berry. Come on up. Ray? <laughs> Thought it'd be a little boring yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. for us to just start talking, and so this might be a little weird, uh, but we're going to have a little, little challenge, a little competition. Little weird. Never uh, stopped us. That never stopped no. us. So what no. we're going to do is, uh, in light of Super Bowl, we're going to see who's more manly. And uh, we have a hula hoop back there by the lovely Heather. Thank you for holding that up. And uh, and the rules are, it's going to be like overtime in football. That um, that uh, first person to make it wins, unless you make it on the first shot, then. Uh, the other person gets another chance to, to still do it. You have a lot of rules. I know. I make yes. them up as okay, I go. Yes, all yeah. right, I got it. <laughs> now, let's see. This is the second service. Our, our goal is to find out who's more manly. Yes. Uh, we had a first service. I'm trying to, trying to remember who won the first service. You know, I can't remember. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, so, so we'll see. You won the coin toss. So would you go ahead and see how, see hey, how it happens? this is church. So no wagering, please. Okay? No wagering. No, let's let's no. don't do that. That's not a good idea. Okay, let's see what we got here. Oh! Is that good? Is that good? Okay. Woo. Almost okay. killed Heather, but it was good. Is that it? Okay, good. That's close. That's close. All right. So now we're tied. We get another chance. First person to, uh, to make it in now wins. Unless you do this time, then I get another shot. All right. See if you can do it. Okay. She's definitely stepped farther back. Good okay. luck to you. Seriously, good luck. Oh. oh, you missed. If I put it in, I win. Here you go. Yes! Yeah! Is that it? Is that it? Dude. Boom. Two in a row. We need to have more services so oh, you can try yeah. to catch up. Okay, thank you, ladies. Thank you. Okay, have a seat here. All right. Okay, so, Ray, introduce yourself to us and your family a little bit. My name is Ray Berry. I grew up in the Midwest, grew up in Wichita, Kansas. And um, lived there for until I was 1920, went to school, um, got married in 1980, 
four. Yeah, you don't so want to slip up on that 30 one. years, 33 years coming up soon. Um, yes. Uh, beautiful family, my wife, Chris, four boys um, that all look like more like their mom. That's why they look so good. Uh, but that is our family right there, and uh, that's uh, kind of what we got. Outstanding. So you, when they were growing up, you had, they had... You know, plenty of workhorses in the house, and yes. I mean, all these guys, they uh, could cover a lot of ground. Yes, yes, and, and actually, we need them now because we move a lot of furniture in and out of our house because okay. of my wife, but they're never around to do that now, but it, you would think I would have that, yes. You would think you would have it, okay. Yep. Tell us about your, uh, your faith journey, and I assume you're a Christian. Yes, okay. I am, I am. Um, <laughs> should have asked that before. Funny how that works out. Uh, so tell us about your uh, faith journey. <laughs> Uh, well, again, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Wichita, Kansas, and we went to a church, and if the doors were open, we were there. That was, you know, the culture. You didn't have to argue about that. I mean, if it was Wednesday choir practice, Sunday night, Sunday morning, anything, uh, we were there. And uh, that's where I started becoming a musician when I was younger, uh, because when I was 12, they decided to start a rock and roll kind of youth choir. And then my parents were like, you know, you're going to do something in this. And I said, well, I don't want to sing. I think I'm going to play guitar. Probably because girls like guitar players, I would assume. I, I don't know. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where that all started. So I, I accepted Christ at a young age, baptized at a young age, uh, been in the church um, all my life and in ministry all my and life. And you're a blazing guitar player. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, but, uh, okay. So, so yeah, he has been on stage uh, playing guitar a few times, uh, but for the most part, he's, he's not a, a, a traditional worship leader. Um, he's more of a kind of leading the team of people who do all the different pieces. So can you tell us uh, your understanding of your role or help us understand what your role is here okay. and what you'll be doing? Um, I work with all the teams, anybody, any part of worship arts, which again is vocals, which is instrumentalists. Um, also work with technical arts, which is all of our technical systems, light, sound, audio, visual. Um, also media communications, which is how we communicate as a church and with each other. Uh, and then with our new home, I'm working on all of the technical systems within there. Light, sound, audiovisual uh, systems for children's, for youth, mobile systems, things like that. So it, other than that, I don't, I don't do anything. Is it going to be yeah. good? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it going to be good? Oh, it's going to be amazing. It's exciting. Is there anything that you could tell us about something? Well, first of all, to? just the feel of the building is incredible. I mean, we get to walk it every yeah. Thursday. Yeah. And uh, you would think that even from week to week, you'd see the same thing, but it just seems like yeah. it's so different. It's every very week. exciting. But the, yes, the, the building's exciting. Uh, the technical systems, the feel of the auditorium, uh, the windows, the glass, lighting, sound, video. I mean, I could just talk about it all day because yeah. it's going to be very exciting. Youth Center, uh, two-story children's lobby areas, uh, it's just going to be amazing. Okay. And it's an honor to work on it because there's just so many moving pieces, yeah. but it's going to be amazing. Great. Okay. So uh, uh, let me ask one final question then. How, how uh, what do you see as the importance of the arts or creativity in, in church? And so that's your area is, is creative arts. And so... So why is, that, why is that important for the church to engage with that? I think it's important for the church because we serve a creative God. Uh, it says in Colossians that God created uh, everything, uh, the heavens, the earth, the north, the south, every living thing created us. 
And so it's no wonder that we're not creative beings also. And I think he loves it when we're creative. I think he's proud. And I think that's part of singing a new song is you have to create that song. And uh, we've been put here to create. Uh, That creativity, uh, I believe, is a conduit. I believe that's how we get to God. And and whether that's through music or through sound and lights and audiovisual and dramas and, and all the things that we do, it just allows us to get to God easier. And, and our job is to open up that conduit as far as we can open that up uh, and enjoy that. So that's what we're working on. We've got great people here. We've got great teams. We're just going to take it farther. We're just going to push the envelope. We want to be more creative. We want to be more excellent. And we want to make it so that not only it's easier for us to find God, but like you said before, when, when a new person comes in, when a uh, distracted or disinterested person comes in, they can also go through that same conduit and find God. And that's what our goal is. Outstanding. Yeah. Glad you're on board. All right. Glad you're Thank on board. You. All right. I know many of you are creative. You would see yourselves or refer to yourself as a creative person. And maybe you're not yet involved. Maybe you don't think that your area of creativity is something that would fit within creativity of, of the church. But but uh, it's very likely that it, that it is, that it does, that you could be a part of that process. And so please feel free to contact Ray or his team if you would like to be a part of that here in this building and as we move into the, into the new area. So uh, excited about that. Uh, the, the, the Bible, multiple times, it reminds us to, to remember the past. The, uh, multiple times, the Bible invites us into to remembering what God has done through the exodus and what God has done through the exile and what God has done through, through the stories throughout Scripture. In fact, even in uh, Psalm 40, in verse 5, uh, David talks about remembering what God has done, remembering what God has done. That's a, that's, that's a great thing, but we're not supposed to get stuck in the past. We're not supposed to be limited by or held back by the great things that God, the encounters that God has had in your life in the past, that there's always something new. There's a new song that God wants you to sing, that God wants to, a new song that God wants to put on your mouth. That, that, that even the songs that are old now, they were at one point new. That there was an encounter where there was an experience where you, you had an engagement with that song, with that hymn, with that worship song or whatever. And, and, and now it's old, but at the time it was new. Everything that is old was at one point new. And so the question is, just once again, are you open to God doing something new in your journey? Are you open to having a new encounter with with God? To wait patiently when you are in the slimy pit. To wait patiently in that moment for for God to to be the solid rock to help you pull out of that. So you can have a new encounter with God here in 2017. And that that would flow into a new connection with God. Hopefully there will be an opportunity for you to sing a new song. And I know, I know it's, it's a challenge for me to say, you know, I haven't led worship in a while, but, but I want to continue to be more attentive to the new songs that are, that are coming up, the new generation of songs. I want to I connect more with those, that as you're driving, if you happen to hear a great song on the radio and it connects with you for something that God's doing in your life, find out what that song is. Get it. Get a copy of it. Pay the $1.29. 
You know, get it so that you own it and let it be part of your story because it's a new connection God wants to have with you. If we do a song here on Sunday and you like it, uh, we just did a song uh, here this week. It was new last week. It's one of my favorite songs uh, about uh, God just transforming. He changes this room. That's a new song for me. Love it. Love it. You hear a song here as we worship that you like? The, the lyrics and the titles are up on the screen. Grab it. Take a screenshot, whatever, and get a copy of that so that it can be a part of your journey. So that we're not just getting through that, this song stuff, that you are singing a new song and allowing it to connect deeply with you. Then, can we keep our eyes and ears open for how God wants to use new songs to create new opportunities for the next generation? New opportunities for the people that you know, for the people that you care about, for your kids, for your kids' kids, to continue to have a deep, new, rich experience at church. Are we fostering that? Are we fueling that? Are we open to that? Are we engaging with that as we're experiencing new songs? Ray is not going to pick all of the worship songs. He's too old, sorry. <laughs> He's smart enough to gather young people around him and say, okay, okay let's, let's, get some, let's sing some new songs. And that's what we're going to do as a body, and I want to grow through that. I hope you do as well. We're going to sing one more song as we close out here. The band is going to come up. As they do that, would you stand? I want to pray with you. Let's pray together. Father, I'm so thankful for creativity God, I'm so thankful that, that from day one of creation, you, you brought your beautiful, immeasurable creativity into our experience. And so, God, that has not stopped, that that is part of how you want us to experience you now, and, and you want us to continue to create new songs and to engage with new songs, Father, because you want us to continue to, to fill up our bucket of experiences with you. God, help us to not just be satisfied with, with what's already in our bucket because those are old songs and old experiences and we carry that around. God, I pray that you would give us the courage and the opportunities to continue to fill that, that spiritual bucket with new encounters, with new connections with you, with new songs. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.